The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, whose hair is everywhere looking like the wild woman of the woods. Tammy, the Sasquatch, Underwood. Say grr, Tam. Grr, Tam. Jesus fucking Christ, I pooped a little bit. <laughs> Whatever. You know, between you and my sister yesterday on Facebook, I can. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Whatever was not, but okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so you gave me this guy Robert Lee Yates. He's from our own backyard, out in Spokane, which is roughly six hours from where I live here uh, in Vancouver. Uh huh. So now I'm interested. Now you're interested. Yeah, it's kind of a kid. It's he said that name really sounds like he should be a politician, though. Uh, probably, yeah. Vote Robert Yates. Vote Yates. <laughs> no. Anyways, yeah, since the late summer of 1997, that year, uh, seven women turned up dead. Four of them in the last couple of weeks of that year. And that's when the uh, law enforcement officials realized that they had a serial killer. Um, but at the time, they thought maybe it was the Green River Killer had just found a new killing ground, right? It, it makes sense because that's right. when uh, 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 Gary Ridgway, yeah, Gary Ridgway was operating, and he was right. leaving bodies everywhere, Cause, everywhere. Because Ridgway had a couple hundred bodies, didn't he? I well, I'm not for sure. Hundred? It was a shit ton of yeah, bodies. Yeah, he had a shit ton of them. Um, now the only thing, the only thing. Um, the number of bodies were found being found in the fact that many of them were prostitutes, right? Back to killing hookers. Right. Okay, here's something for our serial killers out there. Will you knock it off with killing the fucking hookers? For God's sakes, man. That's right. Hookers are people, too. That's right. Hookers' lives matter. That's right. So the only thing that stopped people, you know, the only thing that dampened the, the speculation that it was the Green River Killer was the fact that it was a different M.O. However, killers have been known to change their M.O.s before. I mean, look at... I was say, several times, yeah. Otis and Tool. <laughs> oh, my God. Love Otis and Tool. <laughs> Love them. <laughs> right? Um, and many... And, you know, what happened is, though, the number of bodies more than doubled before this killer was stopped. Man, um, he had goals. He had goals. He did. He did. The first indication that a serial killer was at work came at approximately 8.30 a.m. on February 22nd, 1990. Okay? That's when the Homicide Division of the Spokane Police Department was called out to uh, on a report of a young black female naked lying over the embankment by the Spokane River. Um, I do that all the time, but I'm not female. I just lie around naked and people go, oh, my God. It was a beached whale in the Columbia River. Hey, that's me, asshole. <laughs> Free Willie! How'd that whale get inland? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that they swam up rivers. <laughs> you big gray whale. I think that only bull sharks do that. Is, don't, is it just bull sharks that can do that? No. It's great white whales like me. <laughs> great white whales. <laughs> now, the officers and later detectives observed that saw that the young woman had been shot a couple of times and the size of the entrance wounds 
matched a small caliber gun. An extensive search of the area failed up to turn up any of her her clothing or her personal effects. Right, so they had no idea who she was. But at least she's doing it right. Like seriously, like you don't want to be like um, uh, Berkowitz, who was the forty four caliber murder because murder because uh, a couple of reasons. Number one, that's a big fucking gun. Right. Okay. You don't need that much firepower. And two, it's going to have a big report, so you go boom. A small little twenty two or a twenty five or a thirty two, it's not going to make very much noise. Easy to dampen. Oh, that's true. That's true. Now, they, they, when they searched the area, there was also no shell casings or bullets. Okay? So they figured either he cleaned up, you know, what's it called? Cleaned his, how, how, what do they call that? When you collect your brass? Collecting your brass. Oh, okay. I thought there was Policing another. Policing your area? There you go. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Okay. And, or he used a gun that didn't eject the shell casings. Oh, that way there he didn't sh- uh, suffer from premature ejaculation? Ejaculation? <laughs> Ejectulation? Yeah. I, I, asking for a friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. Either that or he killed her in a different location and then transported her body. Which would be the smartest move. If, if, right. If, if, you know, like seriously. Because if you, you know, if you kill somebody in a warehouse, let's say. Right. Okay. If you transport that body away, they're going to look in the immediate area of the body. Trying to find clues when you killed a person in a warehouse that's maybe even a mile away. Right. Right. The only thing that they did find with the victim's body was a wig, a green blanket, like a military-style green blanket, a multicolored blanket, and a white towel. Okay? So they did, of course, release the details of her description, and so she was uh, soon identified as 26-year-old Yolanda Sapp. Um, they, once they found out her identity, they also found out that she had a history of arrest for prostitution and drugs. And the last time she had been seen was in the red light district two days before her body was discovered. She was sitting right next to Roxanne. Roxanne. You don't have to turn on your red light. Dude, your neighbor across the street. (laughs) (laughs) Always has a red or blue light on I don't know what that means It changes color (laughs) Oh does it? I've been out Like I've been You know Leaving the house Like 3, 4 in the morning And I've seen it red And all of a sudden It'll go blue I'm like Huh Interesting Are you trying to call Roxanne? Are you trying to call Smurfs? (laughs) I know right I'm not sure which one You're trying to 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 beckon to your doorstep (laughs) Hang on I gotta Talk for a minute Okay, I can talk for a minute. Are you okay, though? No. Okay. Apparently, we're having a squatch difficulty beyond my oh, control. I, no, it, every once in a while, I gag, and it's oh, it's horrible. <laughs> Shut up, Scott. Do they have to pay extra for that on Sandy? <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. No, that's two more coupons from Toys R Us. I hate you. <laughs> okay, so at the time she was last seen, they said she was wearing black jeans, slip-on shoes, Black panties, a black t-shirt, and a beige rabbit fur coat. None of those items were found with her body. After they interviewed uh, her family or her friends from the area, they determined that nine bracelets were also missing from her, as was a silver necklace, two rings, one of them was actually a wedding ring, and a jean or denim purse. As would be done with all the other victims. Hair and fiber samples were taken during the autopsy, as were oral, anal, and vaginal swaps. Okay? A little more than a month after that, another body was found. 
This time on March 25th, 1990, the police department was again called out regarding a report of a body found in the road just after 6 a.m. This victim was a white female, and it was clear to the investigators that she, too, had been shot. Now, now that makes it interesting. Only because usually, from what we see, right? Seen, they don't cross the racial divide. Yeah, and, and, and that's usually that's that's most of the time. It's not all of the time. We've seen a few that do that, right? But most of the time, if if the first victim is African American, mm-hmm. then the second victim is African American, and they usually stay within that unless it's a right. You know, like, uh, like, hey, this chick just well, saw me abduct this chick, and then I'm going to kill him. I was going to say Charles Albright did it, although I don't think he was the killer. Um, Remember, he was he was targeting white prostitutes, and then the black women said they were safe, and the next, his third victim was a black woman. You remember that? I vaguely remember Albright. I remember he's the eyeball killer, and that's he about it. He is the eyeball killer. Taxidermy. Ugh. Weird. Anyways, she was eventually identified as 34-year-old Nikki Lowe, who, like the other victim, like the, like Yolanda, had a history of prostitution and drug use. She was seen the day before, in, I'm sorry, she was seen the day before in the same area, you know, the red light district. During her autopsy, a 24 caliber bullet, uh, 24, 22 caliber bullet was retrieved from her body relatively intact. I'm glad that you corrected that because I'm sitting there going, I know a lot about guns. I've never heard of a 24 <laughs> caliber. Back up to that. Let's talk about that caliber. No, 22. 22 caliber. And it was also noted that a strong odor of motor oil was coming from her body. Toxicology test results confirmed that she had uh, cocaine in her system as well. The detect, although the detectives that were investigating the murders. Hold up for one second. Is there a correlation between the motor oil and cocaine? I don't know. They just said I'm, that they... That, I'm, I'm just confused. That's, yeah. all. That's why I'm asking. No. Um, I think what it, they, they're trying to say is that they they noticed the smell, right? But then they just threw in the toxicology reports. I, I've just never heard of a, of a cadaver having a smell of, like, motor oil, for example, coming out of their body. Yeah, emanating from their body. Yeah, I, I mean, I can understand if they had motor oil on them. Yeah. And they went, hey, that's motor oil because it smells like motor oil. I'm wondering if the it wasn't coming from out of her body, but like her skin. Okay, you know what I mean? Because okay. it just said emanated that. from her body. I can accept that. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. I, I I just I had, and it sounded like, like she had been pumped full of motor oil. Yeah, that's what I was thinking at first too. But isn't that weird? That had been weird. <laughs> we did an autopsy on her, and we got you know fucking five quarts of. <laughs> Of 30 weight. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? We didn't even send to the lab. I changed my oil. <laughs> I was going to say, that's some kind of lube right there. <laughs> that was, that some was kind, horrible. That was some kind of lube. So, I took the body out of chest freezer number six. <laughs> now, um. Cracking a cold one? Is that better? <laughs> no, no. Now, the detectives who were investigating these two murders were pretty sure that they had been killed by the same person. Um, However, there was hardly any, you know, leads in the investigation over the next seven weeks. And over the next seven weeks, no additional bodies were found. So they wondered whether their killer had either moved or was just laying low for a while. Smart move. I got to be honest. I'm liking this guy. And, uh, And not because he killed anybody. He's doing it smart. 
He's, you know, he's making sure there's not a lot of evidence to be found. Right. He's taking a little breaky poo. He's killed, you know, killed a couple times. And now the police sound like they're going to let their guard down, which happens in investigations. You have other shit to investigate. Right. You know, like, oh, I guess this, this asshole moved on. So he's doing it. He's doing it the smart way. Right. I, I, I got it. He's not a basic bitch. So I got to. I, I just admire that. Right. Okay. Let's continue. All right. Sorry. So that. No, you're fine. On May 15th, then. Um. At approximately 7.45 p.m., the Spokane County Sheriff's Department received a call that there was a body um, found near the banks of the Spokane River. This victim was also a white female and naked, except for a couple of rings on her fingers. She also had some contusions and lacerations on her head, which led them to believe that she had been beaten with a blunt object before she was shot. Now, the investigators recovered articles of female clothing from the scene, as well as a pair of shoes, a plastic bag that was stained with blood, a cigarette butt, and vegetation samples. This time, however, they also found tire tracks with tire tread patterns, which were carefully photographed. This victim was 38-year-old Kathleen Brisboy. Brisboy? B-R-I-S-B-O-I-S? Brisboy? Yeah. I don't know. Brioi? I would think it would be Brioi. Oh, with with the, with the last, IS, yeah. Well, the second B silent. Yeah. Oh, I could be wrong. You probably are. But it sounds like Brioi to me. Yeah. They also they recovered bullets from her during the autopsy, and there was trace evidence such as hair and fiber collected as well, and those were sent to the state crime lab. Toxicology tests re- revealed that she had morphine and cocaine metabolites in her body, indicating that she had either used cocaine and most likely heroin right before she died. Investigators believe that she had also been engaged in prostitution activities at the time of her death. By now, though, because the similarities of the victims, the fact that a small caliber gun had been used and the fact that they were all engaged in prostitution left little doubt in the investigators that they were dealing with a serial killer. Just when and where he would strike next was anybody's guess. So in the meantime, they were not anywhere close to identifying him. And everyone realized he could leave a large number of bodies before any they could even think about apprehending him. Right? So then, to just sh- almost two years later, without any more victims being found that could be attributed to him. By the time the fourth victim came to the attention of the police, investigators who were on the original case didn't even know if the killer had moved on to carry out his deeds somewhere else or he was just more careful hiding his victims. They opted for the killer, the theory though that he had been murdering women during that two year period in a different location. Okay? The awareness that the killer had started up again in Spokane came on May 13, 1992, when a nude body was found on Bill Gulch Road. It's about a quarter mile east of Mount Spokane's Park Drive. Okay, articles of clothing were tangled in the area of the victim's arms and head, and a plastic bag was over her head. As with the other victims, shoes and other clothing articles were found near her body. Criminal... The criminalists found that they believed to be a bullet near the body, but no spent shell casing. There was no signs of a struggle and no significant blood pooling in the area of the body, which indicated that she had been killed somewhere else and dumped there. As with the other victims as well, the cause of death was determined to have been gunshot wounds. Bullets were again obtained, you know, taken from her body along with, you know, the hair fiber and swabs. Now, this Caucasian victim was identified through fingerprinting, and she was 19-year-old Sherry Ann Palmer. She was the youngest victim up to that point. Now, 
in the follow-up investigation, they determined that she had been seen leaving a motel known to be used by t- prostitutes um, in Spokane on May 1st. They learned, detectives learned that she had left the hotel in a taxi at approximately 11 p.m. to meet her boyfriend. However, she had never arrived at the location where he was supposed to meet her. Although she had a history of involvement in prostitution, she had not been known to be a drug user. More than three years passed before. Then three years went by before another victim was found. They, by this time, Spokane investigators were communicating with their colleagues and other locales to try and come up with anything that could link the victims to a suspect. However, all they had were victims linked by histories of prostitution who had been killed using a small caliber gun. A hooker history, so to yeah, speak, right? Just pretty a hooker much, history. Pretty much a hooker history. And whose new bodies had been dumped at various locations. So with the latest victim on... On the other side of the state, in Kitsap County, northwest of Seattle, linked to the Spokane serial killer, the investigators knew that he was working in different locations. The fact that the latest victim was found in western Washington also renewed fears that this was the Green River Killer, right? It was on Friday, August 25, 1995, that the naked body of 60-year-old Patricia Barnes, another white female, was found in... um, in Kitsap County near Peacock Hill Road. Now, the Kitsap County Sheriff's Department uh, detective was called to the scene where he saw that the body was partly covered with cut foliage brought there from a different area. He also located a, some hair curlers at the scene, but little else. Here's Okay, so now huh. this is actually very unique because of the age spread. I know. You had the 20s. That was right. his first victims. Um, 20s and, and 30s, then the 19-year-old. Then the 19, which is way below right. his normal victim pool. And now a 60-year-old. And now a 60-year-old. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I dig this guy's style. because, right. and, and here's why. Got, people out there, don't don't lambaste me for this shit, okay? I just, I, I appreciate when there's not a basic bitch that we're fucking doing a, a podcast right. on. It gives um, a little thought. Yeah, that actually thinks their their shit through. Number one, he's not killing in one location. Right. Okay. And that what 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 it brings to mind is remember when we did Ronald Dominique? Yes. Okay. So they didn't link him to any murders until he had well he had somebody escape from him, but he killed in two part two different parishes in Louisiana. Right. So this guy's kind of doing the same thing. He's he's he you know he'll kill around the Spokane area. Right. Then he moves out to either Seattle, Kissip County, somewhere right around there. Yeah. And kill out there. Meanwhile, unless you're really actively looking statewide or countrywide, you're not going to really pick up. That's true. The, the, the same. You know what I mean? Right. It's really easy to, hey, man, I guess he moved on. He hasn't killed here in three years. Well, yeah, because he's killing across the state, dumbass. Right. Because even with even with things like VICAP and... Uh, and uh, NCIC and all that good stuff. It's not. It it might link some similarities, but you got to still kind of go through those similarities to figure out what actually matches up. Right, but I don't even think they had VICAP in place in the late in the nineties. No, VICAP and NC uh, and uh, and all that was uh, VICAP. I think is a, that's a two thousands thing. Yeah. Uh, NCIC, I think, has been around since the nineties. That's a national criminal database, right? Database, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's been around since, but I'm, I don't quote me on that. I can't quite remember. But um, 
you know, so you look at the 90s, so unless you're actively talking to every other law enforcement agency, right? and, and Seattle's a, a, a good hunting ground. It's huge. Right. Kitsap County, a little bit more spread out. Okay. So, you know, if, if you're looking at a large killing pool like that. Right. Um, I can only imagine that it would be really difficult to catch the person, even if you're matching up the crimes, to catch the person that did it. Right. And this guy's slick, man. He's he's yeah. killing in one place, dumping the bodies in another, picking up his shit. Now, yeah, well, and this is it. I mean, when the, when the detective started searching the area, he found another pile of foliage that was matched the pile that he found near the body. And with when they went through this pile, they found two plastic bags that contained more hair curlers, like those that were found with the body. And they also found... Uh, blood was also found at the second location that was later determined to be her blood. Now, during the follow-up investigation, so, she, you know, she was obviously the oldest victim, and she was last seen alive in Seattle on or about August 22nd. And she was seen wearing curlers in her hat at the time. Now, this is the thing. She, although she was known to be a street person, she was not a prostitute. Nor was she a drug user. She did, however, was known to be a town drunk. Know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, now, during the autopsy, they recovered two twenty-two caliber bullets. And based on the evidence and her lifestyle, uh, the ballistics of the bullets and the manner in which her body was found, they attributed her death to this serial killer. Okay? Now, um, then... After it was after her death that they put together the serial killer, the Spokane serial killer task force. When the evidence in bar, when her when the evidence and her background were compared to that of the Spokane victims, there was little room for doubt that they were looking for the same killer. Um, now, that's when the horror started taking its toll on eastern in eastern Washington, um, because in ten months after the Kitsap County case. On June 14, 1996, they found the decomposed body of 39-year-old Shannon Zielinski near the intersection of Mount Spokane Park Drive. Um, unlike previous victims who had all been found nude, she was, she was wearing a short gray dress. And according to the detective, a towel had been draped over her, her midsection and a pair of pantyhose, a pair of white socks, and one high black boot was also discovered nearby. There was no personal identification, and her identity was learned after doing a fingerprint analysis. They did find a shell casing at the scene, and like the others, there was little blood pooling and no sign of a struggle, all of which would indicate that she was killed somewhere else. And like the others, she had been shot, right? Um, when they dug into her background he learned that she had known links to prostitution and was also a known drug user however due to the decomposition of her body the toxicology tests were impossible um she was last seen may 27 1996 at approximately 1 p.m in the red light district of spokane and at that time she was she had been drinking alcohol with a group of men and was contacted and had contact with the police officer, but she hadn't been arrested. Now, according to witnesses, she left a nearby residence that same night to work to go out, you know, hooking. And she was wearing the same gray dress and high black boots and was not seen again until her body was discovered. Then on August 26, 1997, more than a year after Shannon's body was found, um, 
two bodies were discovered. The first one was that of 20-year-old Heather Hernandez, another known prostitute. Um, her her remains her decomposing remains were found in a field and she was only wearing a shirt and a bra there were no other clothing shoes or purse or identification found near her and the detectives saw a small trail of blood that led from the northeast portion of a parking lot to that field where her body was found showing that she had been dragged to its location and she had been also murdered by a gunshot in another location another investigator um discovered the body of an Asian female uh, and the body was later identified through fingerprints as 16-year-old Jennifer Joseph. Oh, so now he's right. gone even younger. And, you know, racial... And the, yeah, I was going to say the racial profile changed too. Yeah, yeah, an Asian and a Hispanic. Jesus, this guy's all over the map, man. He is. Now the crime... Well, did it say that... Any of these women were raped or anything like he that? He didn't say anything about that, no. So he's just picking up hookers to kill them? Yeah, pretty much. This has got to be a good fucking story. I want to figure out why the hell he did it. because Right. Most of the time, it's, you know, there's sex involved, especially if it's hookers. Mm-hmm. You would think. Now, check this out, though. Um, Do-do-do, where was I? Oh, now, the crime scene investigators found near, who were canvassing the area found a light blue towel, a blouse that was missing a button, black full-length pants, two shoes, panties, and a portion of a radio antenna and a used condom. Like all the others, the investigation suggested that she had been killed at another location and transported to that area and the cause of death was multiple gunshot wounds. It Also during the autopsy, the coroner noted that her fingernails and toenails were painted with a polish that contained glitter and fragments of which were found on other parts of her body as well. They had three stud earrings with small pale stones were present in her left ear, but only two were found in her right ear, indicating that one was dislodged during the ordeal she had with her killer. Um, also, one false eyelash was missing from her body, indicating that it likely came off during the incident as well. Now, the detective determined that another prostitute had been working with her in the red light district. Last saw her alive at 11.35 p.m. 10 days prior. The prostitute who last saw her uh, said she was traveling eastbound in the company of a white male who was approximately 30 to 40 years old in a car believed to be a white Corvette. The car, it turned out, would be the first lead in this case that tied any of the victims to a suspect. Kind of like Randy Kraft, right? Yeah, if you're going to kill, don't kill in a vehicle that stands out. Man. Right, because Randy Kraft, he had a Mustang that was all you know decked out. I think it was like bright yellow or some shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. That's pretty fucking obvious right there. Right? So um, while the investigation you know, was in full swing again, the detectives and undercover cops would frequent the prostitution area. And a police officer on routine patrol made a first contact with a 45-year-old male by the name of Robert Yates Jr. Now, he was driving a 1977 white Corvette with the Washington license plate, and he was stopped for a minor traffic infraction on September 24, 1997, near the red light district. He was ticketed and allowed to, to leave the scene. However, the connection between his Corvette and the murder of Jennifer Joseph was not noted because the patrolman had mistakenly written in his reports that Yates had been driving a Camaro. 
instead of a Corvette. Yeah, there's a big difference between yeah. a freaking, because in the 70s, that was a Stingray. There's a big difference say, between the Stingray and the, yeah. the Camaro, because I had a 76 Camaro. Yeah, that's like a Bumblebee and a, another car. That's like, like totally different. That's like comparing a Bumblebee to a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's I that meant, fucking different. I meant Bumblebee as in the Transformer moron. Oh. He was a Camaro. <laughs> At first he was a bug, though. You know. Just saying. What What is wrong with Notorious P.I.G.'s face? I just caught a glimpse of it. And he looks really weird. It's the googly eyes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um... So this connection was not noted until later after the task force checking the Camaro's registration learned it was actually a Corvette. In the meantime, though, more bodies piled up. On November 5th, 1997, another resident stumbled upon a decomposing corpse in the vicinity of another road. And the body, in an obvious attempt to conceal it, had been buried in a shallow grave and was located near a small stream. There was no clothing with the exception of a blouse recovered. This, uh, this victim was later identified as 29-year-old Darla Scott. She had an extensive history with prostitution and drug arrest. And she had been shot, possibly with a 25 caliber or smaller gun. And a plastic bag with handwriting on it was recovered with her body, as was a second grocery bag, like plastic bag. A styrofoam packing peanut was also found. Is she a bag lady? She got the bags. (laughs) I know the bag lady. You're so weird. Approximately one month later, another body turned up in the western part of the state again. On December 7th, 1997, Tacoma Police Department responded to a call of a body found at approximately 1.30 p.m. The woman's body was nude and was found partially obscured by brush near the road. What was believed to be the victim's clothing was thrown over her and plastic bags covered her head. A 25 caliber spent shell casing was recovered from the scene and she was later identified as 34-year-old Melinda Mercer. Now, Missing from this crime scene was a large green purse that she was known to carry, as well as several, like, large costume jewelry items. The missing items, uh, her missing items, as well as the numerous items not recovered from the other victims, prompted the detectives to theorize that the killer was keeping trophies or souvenirs, right? Now, the Tacoma investigators found out that she was last seen during the late evening hours of December 6th in the parking lot of a QFC grocery store um, in Seattle in the company of a man driving a newer burgundy-colored minivan. Now, she had a history of prostitution and drug use, and toxicology tests revealed that she had cocaine and opiates in her system. I see a running theme with the prostitution and the drug usage. You think so? And... The autopsy said that her cause of death was gunshots. So then on December 17th, 1997, another body was found. Uh, This was just one week before Christmas in the same area of Spokane where Darla Scott's body had been found in November. Um, The body was fully clothed but had plastic bags over her head. And it had been tossed over the side of a steep embankment where it rolled down the hill approximately 25 feet. The oh, crime? Her head? No, her body. Oh, her body. Okay, I'm sorry. I, for some reason, I my brain went. She had else. plastic bags over her head, but her whole body was thrown over the hill. God damn! He Keith Jespersender. Pretty much. Because Keith did that to one of his victims. 
Uh, threw him down over a hill. Yeah, uh, his uh, the 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 girlfriend. God dang it. Um. Oh, Julie. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Whittingham. Yes. Okay. Now, crime scene investigators recovered a n- number of small hair and fiber, small hairs and fibers, which they sent to the crime lab, and she had also, you know, been shot. And she was later identified as. Um, 36-year-old Sean Johnson, who was last seen leaving a home in northeast Spokane two months prior on the evening of October 17th. That's when they found in Tacoma? No, this is the one they found in Spokane again the week before Christmas. Okay, I just I, I lost. Yeah. It. I thought we were just talking about the Tacoma. Like, wow. No, I'm sitting there thinking, well, hold on, did he stuff her body into a car and like take her all the way to freaking Tacoma? No, this is a different victim. Gotcha. I'm, I'm yeah. catching on. First one, the Tacoma one was December 6th. This one was December 17th. Now, she was, uh, she was supposed, she was last seen on October 17th uh, as she left the house to go working, work the streets as a prostitute in the red light district. And she was supposed to call her roommate later that evening. But she didn't, and she was not seen again until her body was found. Although her vehicle was found in a Kmart parking lot in the red light district on October 19th. So she was in the red light district looking for the blue light special? (laughs) Pretty much. Your neighbor across the street. (laughs) I know. Isn't that weird? I'm telling you. I mean, don't, I, I've talked to him before. Okay? Yeah, I was, I was they seem like very him. nice people. Yeah, the dude, the dude was. He, he was uh, doing something underneath the hood of his uh, of his pickup, and I was pulling out. I'm like, hey, man, are you okay? Everything, you know, cool? He's like, oh, yeah, just checking my oil real quick or some shit like that. Really nice guy. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out the freaking light situation over there. I know. Well, and I only notice it at night when I leave. But, like, you know. he calling me over going, like, hey, little boy, come over and touch, <laughs> you know, touch my no-no zones? Or <laughs> what's happening over there? Right. Well, anyways, her vehicle was found in the Kmart parking lot and reported as abandoned, and it was not taken as evidence by the authorities until December 23rd after her body had been found, and it was determined that she was a victim of the serial killer. It was The vehicle was process, processed for evidence, and a number of items were recovered, including more hairs and fibers. Now, um, the day before Christmas... Uh, Oh, no, excuse me. Day after Christmas. It's like, wait a minute. Day before is December 26th. Okay, the day after Christmas, December 26th, 1997, um, in Spokane, two more white female bodies were discovered. Damn, he's like the Santa Claus of serial killing. <laughs> I'm telling you. Unlike many of the previous victims, these two were fully clothed, except they were both missing their shoes. Both of the bodies were covered with debris from a wide variety of vegetation, not common in that area and not covered with cheddar yeah debris get it i got it Debris. yes i got it got it okay just asking for De- cheddar anyways what they found was lace leaf maple arborvitae birch arborvita arborvita okay <laughs> look at you mr green thumb no because uh my my house that I had in Tualatin, uh-huh. uh, the trees that separated my house from my neighbors were huge arborvitae trees. Oh. And we got out there and we had to trim those motherfuckers up because they were ginormous. Okay. Anyways, it's just a wide range of 
vegetation. In addition to this vegetation, the the crime scene people recovered soil, rocks, concrete pieces, wood pieces, white paint chips, a red dyed feather, some peanut shells, cherry pits, and a plastic plant identification tag like that found on a plant at a nursery that read Sweet William. Okay. Now the bodies, this... Not sweet Caroline. Not sweet dun, Caroline. Dun, dun, I got times it. Times never felt so good. No, dun, nothing dun. like that. Who sang that song? Neil Diamond. Let's keep it that way. Oh, oh. <laughs> you're a dick. Can't so don't it. fucking like you right now. <laughs> you know what? You made it till 10 a.m. before you got your first I Hate You yesterday. That's true. I was kind of proud of myself. Yeah. It's one step at a time, you know? One step <laughs> at a time. Hey, by the way, did I tell you that I found a new sex position? It's called Wow. I Hate You. <laughs> what time is it? 8.43. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when I turn your mom over. I hate you. <laughs> Ew. Anyways, these victims were identified as 31-year-old Laurel Wasson. And 39-year-old Sean McClenahan. Both of them had three plastic bags over their heads, and autopsies showed each of them had been shot. As as with all the others, the site where their bodies were found was believed to have only been a dumping site. It was also determined that Laurel was wearing a black trench coat when last seen, and Sean was wearing a blue nylon coat. And both coats were missing from their bodies and were not recovered. Were these additional trophies for the vi- the killer? You know, so the police can only guess at that point. Since it appeared that a substantial attempt had been made to conceal them, along with the fact that a large variety of debris and plant material were used, the investigators theorized that the debris and plant material may have been brought from the home or another place that he had access to. They also noted that when a suspect was eventually identified... Uh, comparisons of the vegetation and debris material could be made with that found at his premises and could prove important in forming a link between the perpetrator and the dump sites. Now, on February 28, 1998, two months into the new year, another white female was discovered in a ditch in Spokane County. The body was identified as 41-year-old Sunny Oster. Uh, She was a known prostitute and drug user. And her body was fully clothed and a pair of shoes had been discarded near her. Now she died of gunshot wounds and three plastic bags had been placed over her head as well. The last time anyone saw her alive was November 1st while she was working in the red light district. And she had been carrying a beige purse which was not located and which police believe may have been taken as a trophy as well. Then on April 1st, 1998, the body of 34-year-old Linda Mabin was found only a short distance from where the bodies of Laurel and Sean had been found the previous December. Now, similar to Laurel and Sean, Mabin's body had been covered with vegetation that did not grow in that area and consisted of many of the same species that were found on the other two victims. Um... Mabin's body was fully clothed and there were remnants of plastic bags in the area of her head. The body was badly decomposed decomposed, and animals had also disturbed it. It was obvious it had been there for a while. Um, the predator, the uh, scavenger damage and a degree of decomposition fit the time she had last been seen, which was November 21st, 1997, when she had been contacted by a, she had, a run-in with a police officer 
in you know as she was prostituting it was possible that she had been seen the following night but they couldn't make a determination now she was reported missing on november 29th by a spokane county health district employee that works with the local prostitutes the fact that her body was found in such close proximity to where uh laurel and sean's bodies were found prompted them to believe that the killer was using the site as a cluster dump site however an exhaustive search of the area failed up to failed to turn up any additional victims an additional investigation showed that she was known to use drugs particularly crack cocaine and her acquaintances told the police that she usually carried a pipe for smoking crack tucked inside her pants in you know around her pelvic region however the pipe was not found only a folded paper towel was recovered from that area of her body she was also known to carry a velvet drawstring bag like you know like a crown royal whiskey bag but this too was also missing then on july 17th 1998 another white female was found uh in spokane it was she was identified as 47 year old michelin durning who had a history of prostitution and was last i'm sorry they named their child michelin like the tire m-i-c-h-e-l-y-n michelin pretty goddamn close close to the tire yep that's (laughs) The Michelin that's, man. That's cold-blooded, man. That's <laughs> Well, you know. Damn. What if she was a fat chick? <laughs> that would have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that, people. Think about that. <laughs> that's, oh, my God, no. I can't stop laughing now. Thanks. Eh, you're welcome. Anything uh, to help. Okay. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. Where was I? She had a history of, of course, prostitution. And she was last seen on July 4th in Spokane, and her body was also covered with vegetation. Uh, There was also a piece of styrofoam and two hot tub covers near her, which detectives determined had come from a pile of debris in a vacant lot. Um, her Her nude body and her lower denture engraved with her name were missing from her mouth. Um cause of death was gunshot wounds and a toxicology examination revealed that she had meth in her system there's a shocker i know right didn't see that one coming that she'd have drugs in her system you didn't i know i said wow god damn this guy is targeting very because like not all hookers use drugs this is true you know you would know because you don't use drugs um (laughs) but um i'm not a hooker i'm sorry Professional Sandy Boulevard stalker? What, what do you want me to call it? Like a, a trench roamer? Is that better? Hate anyway. You. But this guy's trench roamer. With, with the his, fuck? With his body count so high as it sits, as it sits now, mm-hmm. you would think that at least one of them would have no drugs in their system. Because I think even the 16-year-old girl had drugs, right? I mm, I can't remember. I know one of them didn't have drugs, but she had alcohol. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I there's too many of them, and it's too early for me. So, it, but basically, I think all of them, and I'll give the 16 year old a pass. So yeah, let's take her out of the equation, Be, only because the the age difference is so vastly different. But all of them had some form of inebriation, right? Whether it be drugs or alcohol, that's right. pretty goddamn specific. It is pretty specific. Now, uh, oh, on October 13th, 1998, the the body of 35-year-old Connie Ellis, who also went by the name Connie LaFontaine. Yeah. 
You go, girl. That <laughs> mm, a good name for the club. Was <laughs> found in Tacoma. The Pierce County Sheriff's Department responded. They found that the body was badly decomposed. She had three plastic bags placed over her head, and she was shot to death. This time, a 9 millimeter caliber bullet was found at the scene, but an investigation revealed that Ellis carried a small gun capable of firing a 9 millimeter bullet, prompting, which prompted the investigators to believe the bullet found at the scene belonged to her and not the killer. Her gun this dude was is all about, not This dude's found. all about the 22. Yeah, 22 or 25. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. and, you, and you thought 90 millimeter, and that's the first thing I thought, this isn't the dude, because... He's using a super small caliber weapon. Like a nine millimeter is not big, at right? All. But it's going to make more noise than a twenty-two is. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. You okay? Yeah, I'm just I'm gagging. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I didn't even give you coupons. <laughs> I'm just having down, one pan- of those rough mornings. My pants are still zipped up. You, you had to check. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> it's like, you're clear over there. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he's saying that he molests his freaking assistant? Yes. What's wrong with him? No, no, I don't. That was a joke, people. It was a joke. Fucking joke. God. And he's clear over there. And I and I got I always have to remind people of that, especially what happened on the last episode that I got a lot of shit over. So, I'll remind people, it's just a joke. You remember, if you could take a dick, you could take a joke. What if I don't take dick? <laughs> Never you mind. You do. We already know. <laughs> Your name is well known down Burnside, it is Sandy, not. and Eighty Second. Stop saying that. <laughs> Come on. They call you the Eighty Second Flavel Romer. Oh my God, that's a horrible neighborhood. <laughs> horrible neighborhood. That's why I chose it. Isn't that the Sweetwater District over there? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just know that's a skanky-ass neighborhood, oh, man. I hate that area. Now, so her gun was not located. Like all the others, she was also a known prostitute and drug user. Now, because of the ongoing investigation of the murdered prostitutes in several counties now, they were obviously linked to this one killer who was clearly traveling across the state to carry out his murders. Pierce County detectives promptly notified the Spokane cops of their discovery, and the discovery of her body brought the official body count to 17. They were likely many others that were not yet found or linked to him. Now... The firearm examination evidence from the cases of Nikki Lowe and Kathy, whatever her last name is, um, were sent to the Columbia International Forensics Lab. Showed that those two cases were without question related. It was this uh, scientist's opinion that the same twenty-two caliber weapon, most likely a handgun, killed them. He also determined that Sherry Palmer had been shot with a 32 caliber firearm, which was most likely a semi-automatic pistol. Now, the Washington State Patrol Crime Lab examined ballistics evidence in the case of Patricia Barnes, and the 22 caliber bullets found in her body had been too badly damaged from passing through tissue and bone that they, were, they could not be compared. Although it's possible, even likely, that the bullets had been fired from the same gun that was used to kill Lowe, Joseph, and... Uh, Kathy's, I can't even pronounce her last name. Um, but it was impossible to conclusi- 
conclusively make that determination because of the uselessness of the evidence. Similarly, the firearms evidence in the Zelensky case, as well as several of the other cases, was deemed inadequate for comparison with the other bullets and bullet fragments recovered from the victims. Um, do, do, do. I forgot where I was. Anyways, then on... Um, since it's common knowledge that a prostitute is normally paid for their services in advance, each of the victims in the case should have at least had some money on them. However, there was none, uh, coupled with the fact that their purses, identification, and wallets were also missing, indicated that each woman had been robbed either before or after she was murdered. Now, on November 10th, 1998, the Spokane Serial Killer Task Force operatives were out in numbers as they had been for some time. And it had been less than a month since Connie Ellis had been killed on the other side of the state. And based on the killer's prior activities, the cops knew that it would only be a matter of time. At approximately 1.25 a.m., Spokane officers observed a man driving a 1985 Honda Civic uh, pull over and pick up a known prostitute by the name of Jennifer Robinson on the corner of First and Crest Lane, another area of Spokane which is well known to be frequented by prostitutes. Now, the officer identified the driver as Robert Yates, and his encounter that evening would be the second time his name came up during the task force investigation. Now, when he was confronted by the police officer, he told the officer that he had been instructed by Jennifer Robinson's father to drive to the area find his daughter, and bring her home. With Robinson acknowledging that she knew Yates, there was little that the officer could do. Unable to hold either one of them, the officer took a field report of the incident, which made it eat its way back to the task force. And Robinson probably didn't realize it at the time, but she was one of the lucky ones. As the investigation into the mur murder slid into 1999, Task Force detectives became aware of the report that had been filed on August 1st, 1998. And according to the report, 30-year-old Christine Smith had been the victim of an assault and robbery while working as a prostitute in Spokane. Now, according to what she told the police, she had been picked up by a date driving a 70s model black van with orange coloring on the passenger side exterior. Kind of like the 18 van? Kinda, yeah. So this was dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> she described the van as having dark brown vinyl seats with a wood frame bed with a mattress in the back. That's yeah. my grandpa's van. Oh, oh, my grandpa's van was white. That is some 70s shit going on right there. We got five. Five what? Five more minutes. Oh. We're at the hour part. Okay, well, I'm almost done with. You know what? Let's just wrap it up there then. And then I'll continue the next episode. That works for me. Okay. Okay. Remember, boys and girls, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you happen to be good in your blogs. Go on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation and interact with us. It's always a good time over there. Uh, we have a Spotify shop or something like that. What do we have for merch? We have a merch store. There's a link. Printify? Printify, that's it. Spotify. <laughs> Some kind of an afi. Yeah. Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Notice the silence. <laughs> what? You said fee-fi-fo-fum. <laughs> this show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast except for Metal Cross Radio. 
They're lying. Thieving bastards. bastards. And we'll talk to you later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.